Thank you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. The law of gravity is going to cause you to fall. So laws never ever fail. In, in, in Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about the, the, law of the, sin and, the law of sin and death that makes you do what you don't want to do, right? But then he says, the thing that overcomes it, it ain't your willpower. It's the law, another law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the only thing that, that one of the things that overcomes the law of gravity is the law of buoyancy. Fill up a balloon with helium and the balloon lifts up off the ground. Buoyancy. So laws. So this law of generosity, I've never known it fail. I've never known the law of reciprocity fail. Unless it's overcome by another law, which is called the law of stinginess. Hey! Dang, 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 dang. Huh? And maybe now we can be stingy as well as being generous. You can withhold what's right. That's being stingy. But that's self-defeating. That's like an, a, a farmer complaining that he's got no crops in his field, but all the seed is still in his, in, his, in his barn. He never sowed it. So then you can't reap it. Because you reap what you sow. Then verse 7, he says this. Watch this. Remember what we were saying scientifically. But you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Very important. For what's this? This is what the scientists were saying. For God loves a person who cheerfully gives. God loves a cheerful giver. That means that when you give, because you've made a decision to give, when you give and it's like, I, I, I like doing this, that means that it's going to open a doorway, not only for someone else to get blessed, but for you to get blessed. And then you're going to know that if you do that, it makes you feel good. It makes them feel good. Everything's good in the hood. I'm going to do it again. And it starts a process, a momentum of being like this. And that's what God wants for his people. So the church in Corinth were giving to the church in Jerusalem and it was showing the church in Jerusalem that, you know what, if they can do that for us, what can we do for someone else? So it has a knock-on effect, this generosity thing. See how the modern studies have caught up with this principle? It's always more powerful to choose to be generous. Amen? That's what I was saying earlier when we were taking up an offering. Don't give it now. Don't give it when you've been jumping up and down. Don't give it when you're feeling good, when people around you are excited. Don't do it now. Don't do it. Amen? Decide. Make a decision. Choose. Make a choice. Utilize your free will. Make a choice. Because it's the only way. Generosity can't be forced. You can't be forced to be generous. Amen? The fact is, though, sometimes it's hard. I mean, if you know it's hard to give. Oh, you... Be honest. Shame the devil. I mean, if you know, sometimes it's hard to give. Sometimes you get paid and you're like, I don't want to pay my tithes and offerings. <laughs> really and truly, not this month, Lord. Give me a month off. And you know what God will do? He'll say, all right. You know, in our church, in our early days, we had students and people in the home when we first started. And the students, they got no money. You know, we were making an offering, you get a pack of super noodles. 
Because that's what they eat. That's like, that was a big thing for them. And then the people in the home, you might get a set of teeth or, you know what I mean? Or, 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 or conviction. Or <laughs> right? But there was a time when we were giving and we were making it and we were, people were getting blessed. People were getting blessed. And then one day, I got up and I make, went to make the, the, the offering, you know, the tithes and offerings. I said, you know what, today, I'm giving you a, a week off. You don't have to give. Don't give. Don't give anything. And I just left it like that. And you could see people like, oh. they twisted from, what a result. <laughs> right? Now I can get a burger instead of some noodles. <laughs> to, hold up a minute, time out. I'm going to miss my blessing. And someone shouted out, no, 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 I want to give. You can't, st you can't do that. Someone else said, no, 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 that's right, that's right. No, we want to give. We want, and everyone wanted to give. What an amazing thing to see and have an experience in church. Where everyone was like, get the ushering basket. Get it over here. Amen. I want to sow my noodles. <laughs> but the spirit of generosity was being, you know, it was, it was playing out amongst the people. And people were taking care of other people. We had people that were students that didn't have anywhere to live. And someone who had a house would take them in. They ended up with like five people living in their front room. Students. All of them people have gone on to get degrees, master's degrees. They've got good jobs and they're blessed. Because they understood the principles. Amen. But sometimes it's hard. When you're too busy, it's harder to be generous with your time. Well, I'm so busy, I haven't got time for you. Right? Imagine in a marriage. How many, how many of you married? Well, I'm too busy for you, love. Woo! Get ready. You're too busy for me, huh? Got more time for that, have you? Next time you want a bit of sweetness and light, hallelujah. Next time you want a bit of TLC, it's like, no, I'm too busy. Hey, you're too busy for your kids to bring them up right. Someone's going to be bringing them up. Someone on YouTube these days, someone on TikTok these days, someone on Instagram these days. If you're too busy to give time to the things that are important, then someone else is going to come in and fill the gap. If you're too busy to give time to God to at least come to church once a week, then you're more busy on something else. Where's your priorities at? And I'm not making people feel guilty if they've got, you know, stuff with children or work and all the rest of it. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about that. There's legitimacy in this. But it's probably two times out of ten. There's, there's, there's legitimacy. If ten people say I'm not coming to church, two people have got a, a, a legitimate reason and the other eight are just lazy. Can I say that? Yes. Amen? You just can't be bothered. You've got another priority. I need to go here, I need to go. No, man, you need to be with God. Because where your treasure is, your heart is. Where your time is, that's where your love is. Come on, somebody. Right? When you're financially strapped, it's harder to be generous with your money. It's hard to be generous when you ain't got enough. You know, in our church, when we haven't got enough, right, to, 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 to do the deed, you know what we do with the money that we got? We sow a seed. Right? Our finance team will tell you, there's money we need for this. 
We need it for this. And everyone's like, oh, we need it for this. But we haven't got enough for that. So if it can't meet the need, then God wants it to be a seed. So we take that money and we sow it into another ministry. We sow it into someone's life. We sow it into something else. We sow it into the mission. And then what does God do? God blesses it. He squeezes it. He breaks it. He blesses it. And then five loaves and three little fish all of a sudden become 12 baskets filled. And I've never ever seen that not take place. The only reason when we have, don't have enough is when we don't put the principles into place. It's the truth. When you're struggling in a relationship, it's harder to be generous with your love. And it's harder to love unconditionally when someone else has messed you up. Huh? So how do we overcome this? The answer begins to form when we get the revelation. Remember that word, revelation. Are you still with me? Revelation. That we lean too much on our own natural resources. Because <laughs> the truth is, our natural resources are finite. They are limited. We've only got 24 hours in a day. You've only got a certain amount of money to play with. Come on, somebody. Right? You only have a certain amount of energy before you crash and burn. But how many of you know we serve a God that is outside of time? He is not limited to space and matter. He is not limited to the same things that we're limited to. But we, put, we place too much emphasis on our own natural resource. And we try and reason it out. And we don't factor God in. Because I don't even know God's the source of everything. When you're your source, good luck, you're limited. When God's your source, God bless, it's unlimited. He created this universe without lack. Do you understand that? Right now we see poverty all over the place. Amen? We see it take place. God blesses, but we see poverty. I was blessed the other day. I was walking around. I found a hat with money in it. Blessed. And then things swiftly turned because an angry man with a guitar started chasing me down the road. You never know what's going to take place. But we see people that have lack. We stopped at a, 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 a traffic lights on the way to church today, and there was a man begging. Amen? And he was begging, he was messed up, he had one tooth. You know, typical. And we didn't have any money to give him, because we didn't have any cash, but we gave him a flight, we gave him a card with the home on it. And we were talking to him, and he was saying, oh, I'm a Christian, I'll say me prayers on a Sunday. And Vicky was like, yeah, but this ain't God's will for your life, to be standing here begging. You know what I mean? If you're a Christian, God's got more for you. But some people live in lack. They live in lack. The truth is that there's a lot of people that own most of the assets and the finances in the world. It's not that there's a lack in the world. It's just that there's control of the source, control of the release, control of the asset, control of all of that stuff. But how many of you know, God is the one who is ultimately in control. God wants to take the wealth of the wicked and transfer it to the righteous. God can do that. God can do that. But we live in lack. And when you live in lack, you end up with a poverty mentality. And lack says, oh, what I've got, I have to keep. I have to protect I have to look after. I have to use for my benefit. That's what lack mentality does. But a prosperity mentality, and I know that word has different connotations in Christianity, 
but a wealthy, let's put it that way, mentality, as opposed to a poverty mentality. The wealthy man says, I've got this amount of money, I'm going to invest that amount of money so that that money keeps coming back to me. The poverty mentality says, I've got this amount of money, how much can I spend on myself because I'm not sure how much more money I'm going to get? Me and Vicky know some very, very, very wealthy people, man. Very wealthy people. And they ain't got the brand new Jordans on. They're not walking about with the latest sneakers. But they're driving the latest cars. They've got the latest houses. They've got a new development. They've got a new business that's providing them with new holidays and new vacations and jobs for other people. So they invest. And the blessed ones are the ones that are generous. They're generous. My goodness. Some people give more than we earn. I'm going to say this, I'm going to move on. We know a couple of people that are part, Christians, that are part of an organization that financially blesses ministries and people around the world. Right? Check this out. To become part of that organization, you have to promise, dedicate one million a year that you're going to give. You, you can't get into that group unless you dedicate a million a year. Check that out. Some of us are like, give me a million. They're like, I'm giving a million. Too often we forget God. Wealthy people invest, poor people don't. And use up all they have. Nothing against Jordans, sneakers, nice clothes and all the rest of it. If you want to bless me with some, praise God. Hallelujah. I'll invest them. Verse 8, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. See, that's the result of when we have that mindset. Verse 9, as the scriptures say, they share freely, they give generously to the poor, their good deeds will be remembered forever. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. He's not just providing you with seed that you have to give away, he's also making sure that he meets your need as well. He gives you seed to sow for the future, but he gives you bread to eat for the now. This is the God that we serve. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. What does that say? There's something very, very supernatural about being generous. There's power in generosity and it changes things. Are you still with me? But the big mistake we make is to rely on ourselves instead of relying on God. Well, it's not in my budget. It's good to have budgets. Amen? But sometimes God wants you to step out of human reasoning and based upon divine revelation, he wants you to make a step of faith. Then you enter miracle territory. Huh? And you find yourself using gifts you never learned and experiencing things you've never experienced before in that place. Verse 11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take our gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Woo! See the blessing. Sometimes your generosity makes someone else thank God. 
I don't know about you, that goes beyond me getting fed. That goes beyond me getting my needs met. There's someone else who maybe didn't know God, didn't know uh, how good God was, that all of a sudden they're starting to thank God. Now you're being not just available for God to use, you're being useful. You're not just bringing availability, you're bringing value to the thing. Are you with me? Now all of a sudden it's going beyond you. You're starting to get into the multiplication territory where your life is being a blessing for other people, where your gift is being a blessing for other people, where your time is being a blessing for other people because you're relying upon God to give you what it is that you need because you know that you can never outgive God and when God leads you somewhere, it's always for a reason and a purpose. You will be enriched in every way so that you will always be generous. It's heavy. Being generous releases enrichment. You know that word seems counterintuitive, but the Greek word translated here as enrichment, plautito, literally describes abundance and riches of wealth. That's what it literally describes. It's not some, you know, some esoteric thing, some possibility out there. It means actual, when you do it, when you get on board with God and you do what it is that he wants you to do and you do it the way he wants you to do it, something is going to be blessed in your life. It's going to be tangible. There's going to be resource that comes back. I've never ever known this to fail. That's what the word means. And God is the one who makes that happen. And I can testify to that. I can testify to giving to God and God blessing me. And then when he blesses me, we give again and God blesses us. And we give again and God blesses us. I can testify. I can testify to the fact that in this church, I get paid from you guys. I have a wage from the church to do what I do. And out of that, I give more than 10%. We pay United, we can. We make the offerings. Come on, somebody. We do it. We don't just talk about it. We do it. Why? Because I know that it works. I know that when we came here to, to Manchester, we came in a full focus with some clothes in the back. We didn't have a house. We had nowhere to live. We didn't have any money. Now we have our own house. We have cars. We have a church. We have different things taking place. Come on now. I've got more clothes. Not only that, but we've seen lives change. We've seen marriages come about. We've seen babies come about. We've seen families reconciled. We've seen people set free from addiction. We've seen people make a difference in other people's lives. We've seen people rise up and use the giftings of God in their life that was laying dormant and was overcome by the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. All of a sudden, they've broken through that ground and now they're bearing fruit. From two little people that just came and just gave. I didn't have a wage. For 15 years, pastor in this church, we live by faith. By faith. God never let us down. You can never outgive God. You can never be too generous. There were times we didn't have nappies for the babies, but someone else needed food to eat. So we would give to them. And how many of you know, not only would they eat, but then the nappies' bums would be able to be wiped as well. Hallelujah. Nappies would come in. More nappies than we needed. Because you can't ever go beyond this. Generosity doesn't just make your own resources bigger. It makes them better. Generosity makes us useful. I'm going I'm I'm to really close this up. now. Remember the fig tree story in Matthew 21? Jesus curses the fig tree because it had no fruit. There's no figs. Do you want to know what the fig of blessing is? 
I made a little acronym. I mean, if you know, we love acronyms in Victory Outreach. Amen? If there wasn't an acronym, we wouldn't know what to do. You win. Vetting. Gang. VH. New people are like, what is that? They're speaking in code, man. Are they speaking in tongues? What's going on? I made this, this, this little acronym for FIG. This is how you get blessed through Scripture. You ready? The F stands for faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right? Faith. Say faith. faith. Nothing good is going to come about in your life as a Christian without faith. You've got to have faith. And faith is not blind faith. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. There is evidence that God created the universe. There is evidence that he never leaves his people. There is evidence that he provides for his people. There is evidence that God is good. The I stands for integrity. And even though there's a lot of fakers and shakers in the world, people that look good on the surface, but inside there's dead men's bones. There are people that are playing different games. Hallelujah. I want to let you know that you've got to have integrity. Integrity means that you are together, inside and outside of the same. When you hear me on the pulpit and you see me on the pulpit, you come to my house and you will see me doing the same thing, being the same way, speaking the same way, living the same way. Go through my cupboards. Have a look through my search history. You ain't finding no porn. There ain't going to be no secret stash. There's nothing out there. I haven't got secret things going on because God told me, be yourself and be for real and I'll bless you because that's what's going to cause you to be, to be valuable in the world. Integrity. Say integrity. integrity. And then the G. Oh, someone's catching it. Thank you, mummy. Hallelujah. G stands for? Someone shout it out. When you put those things together, there's going to be a blessing. God, there's no curse in that. There's no curse when you're operating like that. There's blessing when you operate like that. So here's the result. Verse 12. A couple of verses left. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers will be met. Amen? Someone else gets blessed. And they will joyfully express with thanks to God. Ooh. When we're generous, something good always happens. Someone's needs get met, and that makes people grateful. You feel good about it, hallelujah, and that makes you want to do it again. And they feel good about it, and so they learn that doing that is good. So all of a sudden, people start doing it across the board. And I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about just with money. Don't limit it to money. It could be encouragement. You know how many times I've preached when I, I feel depressed? You know how many times I've got up and prayed for someone to be healed when I'm sick? Do you know how many times I've started to speak to you about the goodness of God and I feel that God's abandoned me? Do you know why? Because I know it's just a feeling. Because I know it's just a, a, a portion of time. Because I know that, you know, 
Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Because I know that when I give, someone else gets blessed. And then you know what happens? When I get up here, when I'm sick and I'm preaching and I'm praying for healing, when I get up here and I'm down and I'm low and I'm feeling bad about myself and I'm encouraging someone else, you know when you see someone catch it and when you see someone smile and when you see someone receive it and you see that they've got blessed, all of a sudden I leave feeling better. When the spirit of generosity is activated, people's needs get met and they become thankful. Watch this. That then disrupts their anxieties. This is another scientific thing. Gratitude and anxiety operate in the prefrontal cortex of the brain and they can't operate in the same place at the same time. Proven. Right? So gratitude will take away anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, the Bible says, but in prayer, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. It's there in the scripture. So when people get their needs met, they start feeling grateful. Gratitude then will positively affect your attitude. It's proven. When you're thankful, you can't be anxious at the same time. Amen? Then your attitude, as they say, will affect your altitude. What does that mean? That means that all of a sudden, instead of walking along bowed down, that gratitude, your needs are getting met. God's, God's remembered me. God is good. Someone's seen my needs. Someone's helped me out. You know what? My needs are getting met. And, and event, you start looking up. You start looking up in thanksgiving to that person. You start putting your chin up that I am not forgotten. I am not forgotten. I am a child of God. You know what? Your, your, your chin goes up. Your chest comes out. Your shoulders go back. And now you're in the, the, the position where you can start to smash it. You can start to go forward. You can start to take steps of faith. Not only that, but you're seeing beyond your own little problem and you're seeing the solutions that God is bringing in your life. You're seeing the open doors that are opening in your future. You're looking around and you're seeing, you know what? There's other people around. Hallelujah. I'm not on my own. There's other people that were there. You see the person that helped you. You see the people that helped you and they're there smiling at you. You know you ain't on your own. Oh, help me out. Dang, 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 dang. Come on, somebody needs to get with the program right now and understand that gratitude affects your attitude that will affect your altitude come on somebody your head will lift your chin will lift your thinking will lift your circumstances will change because you are no longer attached to that gravity going downwards there's a new law that's being put in place there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus there's the law of reciprocity the law of generosity there is no lack then you know you look up and then eventually you look up and you see God, the source of everything, the owner of the cattle on a thousand hills, the creator of the universe. Verse 13, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and all the believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ. It's good news. Being saved is good news. The cross is good news. Verse 14, and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Ooh. You become an example 
You become an example that people look to. Verse 15. Thank God for this gift. What gift? Just their money or their generosity? What's the biggest gift? The generosity. It might be your biggest gift to someone is being generous with your time and going and sitting with them and listening to them and praying for them. It might be that your generosity is using your gift to give someone a word of knowledge or to pray for their healing. It might be that your gift means that you come and play the keyboard or you come and lead worship or you get behind the scenes and you do media or tech or you're so friendly and loving that you want to be there greeting people when they come in. It might be that you have a gift with kids and you want to train the kids up. It might be that you are, you are wealthy and you want to increase in wealth and you know that speculation makes accumulation possible. That when you give and you sow, you're sowing seed that's going to reap another harvest. Thank God for this gift that is too wonderful for words. Let's stand, let's pray. I don't want anyone coming to the altar just yet. I want us to pray for a moment. And then we're going to give. We're going to give. Many times we come to the altar to receive. We receive from someone else's gift. Right? Come and get prayed for. Come and get an arm put around you. Come and receive help to get into the presence of God. Come and receive that encouragement. Many times we come to these altars to receive. Today, it's generosity day. We're going to give. So I want you to pray, man. And as we pray and worship, you've got envelopes on your seat. You can either go and give directly at the card machine if you want to give. You can go online and you can make your offering and make it, designate it, um, special offering. So that it's not just a normal offering, special offering. So that we can get this this stuff that we, we desire. Or you can write it down right now on your envelope, put it in. And we, 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 we want this to come in by the start of April. By the start of April. It's not long. That means faith. Faith. So there's those ways. You can give right now by card. You can give online. Go to our website or... You can scan right there and you can go directly and you can give what God's placed upon your heart. And it could be that you say, you know what, I want to buy the keyboard. I want to buy the sound desk. You know what, I want to pay for the lights. If that's you, praise God. It might be you've got a what if offering. What if I give something? But whatever it is, you can give today or you can say, you can promise to give. And I, the reason why I need everyone to do this is because I want to know what total we've got Amen? Of people that have said, you know what, I'm going to give. So while we're worshipping, do one of those three things. If you're saying, I'm going to give, but I can't give until April, write down what you're going to give on the envelope, and then everyone's going to come. In fact, you know, it's probably good if we, if we can all do that, 
and then we can get a tally of what it is that God's bringing. And I'm telling you this, I'm prophesying this, we're going to get more than enough. We're going to get more than enough. How many of you believe me? Huh? So Father, bless us today with that spirit of generosity that we become part of the solution. Lord, I pray that the people that are in the what-if scenario and still questioning stuff and still wondering if this stuff works, Lord God, I pray that you're going to show them who you are again and that you're going to bless them. You're going to bless them. And even in a small way, bless them to be a blessing. Bless them to be a blessing. Bless them. Bless them. There's someone, a couple of people in here, and you're like, I'm not going to give anything because I haven't got anything to give and I haven't really got the faith to give. God is going to bless you in a way that you know came from nowhere else and that is going to stimulate you. That is going to give you the, the means and it's going to convict part of your heart that God loves you. He knows in advance what you need and he wants you to be blessed. So I receive that as well. Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10am. Go to our website, vomanchester.org.uk for more information.